Welcome back to another episode of the HMG Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, my name is Gorchen, and joining me today is Dan. Hello. And Jacob. Hey guys, how we doing? We're going to do an event recap episode today, and we're going to be looking at the recent training camp that I ran here in Perth, Western Australia. This training camp is for the upcoming World Open War. This is a new team tournament that's going to be happening in 2023. This is the inaugural year in the UK in October. And I was requested to put a team together to represent the Australians. Now, the spots are pretty heavily contested and had a long list of players who wanted to rock up. And I don't really know how to choose from the list. Uh, obviously, I couldn't afford to pay people to go i could also couldn't afford to pay for their flight so that that narrowed the list of 20 or 30 potential players down to a measly 14 which is a lot more than the team of three uh, that i had room for so i decided i would get the knives out and let them play a tournament so they could decide who would go now the tournament wasn't exclusively limited to people who p were potential candidates for the team i kind of left it a bit open but i did kind of let people know what they're in for this was going to be a no holds barred all competitive thing. Now, you guys know me, you know my players' packs, they're usually a bit funky. This one isn't mine, so to speak. I basically just took the World Open War players' pack, I turned it into a single-player format, because with 14 players it just got a bit awkward otherwise. Uh, picked three out of the five missions, whacked in the secondaries, and away we went. Now, what was surprisingly very controversial decision that affected did the list building videos that Jacob and Tyler yep. did for World Open War was that it actually went from a uh, dual platoon generic reinforced platoon format to a single generic reinforced platoon. Uh, talking to the organizers, he basically said that, you know, with two platoons, you end up playing pseudo tank war, and he wasn't really about that, which I think was fair enough. Um, although I was a bit surprised that the event originally started as dual platoons because it's not really, yeah. a, really a surprise what you get uh, when you look at a dual platoon, right? Because you're the thing that you're gaining is all of the one-off slots, flamethrowers, mid cars, tanks. So people would expect, and artillery pieces particularly, that's kind of what you see more of. Uh, uh, and they decided that wasn't their cup of tea, and, and fair enough. Uh, I, I can very much see why they wouldn't necessarily want dual platoons. We sort of shy away from it here in Australia for pretty much that exact reason, as far as I can tell. Uh, it kind of... The game works, don't get me wrong, I'm not going to sit here and say that it doesn't, but you certainly skew things in quite a different way. You end up with about four armored vehicles. And Anyway, I'm pontificating. It's uh, 1,100 points, 24 order dice maximum, not minimum. Um, some, I had to clarify that more than once, actually, <laughs> that you could bring less than 24 order dice. I'm not sure why that needed clarification, but, you know, it's, it's 2023, here we are. Uh, so the three missions that were being played... Uh, which I'm not going to remember, and I'm going to check my notes, is key positions with five objectives. Uh, sectors, which is a really good... Uh, both of them are actually pretty good bread-and-butter competitive missions if you're sticking to the rulebook. Bolt Action Alliance has some really nice competitive ones. Our mission pack's got some nice competitive ones too. Uh, and then the last one is meeting engagement. Pretty, pretty straightforward. Um, I think we randomly rolled for three out of the five. I can't remember exactly how I, I say we, like it was more than just me who wrote this pack. Um, yeah, randomly picked three out of the five that I think I liked the most. A couple of key things to note about this one. There are some secondaries, uh, but they're pretty, like, some of them you're, you're just going to get anyway. Yeah. Uh, and they're, they're kind of gimmies. Uh, but a few of the other ones were, were pretty colorful, actually. Very assault heavy. Mm -hmm. um, all of the secondaries. But the key thing is the secondaries you only use for tiebreakers. 
So previous events that I've run, I've just counted secondaries as victory points and called it a day. Uh, what the uh, organizers for World Open War are doing is that the secondaries are tiebreakers. So if you don't win on mission primaries, you then do your countbacks and your secondaries. Uh, so that's more or less enough pontificating from me. Uh, uh, Dan, do you want to maybe talk us through looking at this pack, what list you wanted to take and, and, and why and how your list building process went? Yeah, I think um, so both Jacob and I played in the event uh, and potentially slightly different reasons for, for playing as well. So with originally I was looking as potentially being a player who would try to get over to the UK or at least be in, in whatever system we put together to decide who was going. Um, and then I had a couple of things that um, changed my mind as to whether that was appropriate. So um, instead, what I what I said is like, okay. So when it, wherever I can and however I can, I will simply help train and assist those that want to go. Um, and and the intent being, we don't play a lot of super competitive events in WA specifically. Um, certainly over east, we have some that are more aligned in Australia to um, yeah. international standards, um, but but not necessarily within our small group. Um, and so my main well, purpose... Thing, lives, not that small of a group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's true. That's true. Um, if I could get them, if we could get them all in one place at one time, um, and, and I, that 50-man tournament is actually doable. Um, yeah, just gotta, very doable. Just chain everyone up and let them play. Um, but the... the um, so the purpose that I was going with then was the list that I wanted to take was something different that we hadn't seen in Perth in particular, something which you wouldn't necessarily match up to the army type that was coming and also to make sure that I was giving players hard choices that they needed to make quickly because one of the constraints that we had overall typically um, is obviously a time in the round and yeah. so I wanted to force um, my opponents to have to think on their feet quickly um, to help give them into that mindset of you need to make faster decisions um, that are more beneficial. Um, as that was the case, I chose to take a Japanese army. Uh, and the, and the Japanese, and we can, I took a very unstereotypical Japanese army. Um, yeah. So no bad news. It certainly had the Dan special sauce, that's for sure. It did, yeah. Um, no spear fighters, um, no Horo um, assault guns, um, which is the heavy howitzer. Um, I think it's a brilliant, brilliant piece, but I didn't take any of that. Um, I mean, even within some of the, the other pieces, like I didn't take massive big squads of Japanese anything. And in fact, I had two squads of 10 riflemen with light machine guns. Uh, and I had, um, sorry, no, that was a different event. For that event, for the World Open War, um, I took three units of grenadiers uh, yep. with three light mortars each. Uh, so there's nine light mortars to start with. I then took a light mortar team. So it was 10 light mortars within the list. Uh, and I can already hear the internet screaming in outrage over that, but um, bear with me. Uh, and I then took um, a couple of other su support weapons, um, the anti-suicide lunge minor uh, yep. teams, yep. Uh, commander, um, one unit of 15 inexperienced rifles, which was a big blob squad to sit on objectives with a political officer. And they were there just to absorb and look like they were a threat. Uh, and then I took two I uh, took Hoki carriers, but the models are Hohas, so they were a little bit larger on the actual physical model. Essentially, it's a 13-man half-track with a machine gun um, mm -hmm. or track vehicle with a machine gun. Yeah. And um, 
the purpose of that list um, was not to throw smoke everywhere, which is what some of the followers of the podcast might assume, um, but was to simply pin units out or, or stop advance of units by simply just dropping multiple light mortars on. Now, mortars themselves, you know, three egg unit, you're still only going to max out your D2 pins. You're not going to stack on additionals on top. Um, yeah, but I of think course, there's a there's a wording in uh, Armies of Japan or something uh, that makes it that implies you get the multiple uh, D two pins. I've seen it come up mm -hmm. a few times in a few different places, and I think it's I, I can't recall the wording exactly, um, but I've seen a few screen grabs of like Discord service and stuff where people are just like, "Oh, is that how that's supposed to work?" Uh, and the, the, yeah. answer, the answer is no. No, <laughs> no. no. Um, if you it's in it's in the core rule book. I think it. Again, yes. I don't recall exactly the wording, but it's something along the lines of if you take the single largest source of pins from the firing unit. Right. Yep. Uh, what you can do, however, because they are an indirect fire weapon, is split fire them off to different units. And so in my list where I have essentially 10 light mortars, um, which any, I could potentially target, let's say, four or five different units, and they're going to take potentially two light mortars apiece. That does stack if they're coming yep. from different unit sources, yes. the different order yes. activations, different units. Yep. So in my in my head, how I set up all my missions that I was playing is that I had this sort of cross-section of more just leaning yep. down on a certain section of the board across a few different units. And right. um, okay. very quickly, people learned that those three mortars um, aiming at the one unit and then being targeted by another three mortars at the same time. Okay, sure, I'm only taking D2 pins from each of them. But it's also, like most people didn't choose to go down. So yeah. then when I was rolling hits, each of those mortars typically was two or three guys apiece. Then when they Pretty reliable, yeah. yeah. Um, because I've, I've taken my chances to almost 50-50 with three of them in the squad. Um, not quite 50-50. Yeah, um, 33%, one in three, give or take. But when I'm shooting two squads of three yeah. at the same target, I, that it's one of those six is typically going to go in hit. Um, and then they were finding the problem of, oh well, now I'm now I've got these pins I need to clear because if I yeah. don't, I'm now potentially going to take six mortars, two hits per mortar if I don't go down. Yeah. It's like, well, that, wait a minute, that's twelve hits, and that's the scary part because people mm -hmm. were like, wait, my squad can just get wiped out by turn. No, 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 no. I don't like this. I don't like this at all. Um, <laughs> Now, it's a very select it's a very select mechanic it's probably not something in the concentration that you'll see in that same form you'll see instead in like quad flat cannons or mg yep. guns where it's, it's the potential that your unit just disintegrates and suddenly is yeah. not effective on the table um but it also shows you that just because i'm playing a japanese army doesn't mean i'm going to run at you Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, there are, there are different ways to play different armies. And it, it, interestingly, um, uh, most of our experienced uh, and veteran listeners will have cottoned on that the best way to beat a mortar is to get under it. Particularly yeah. if you're talking a light mortar, because they're 12 to 24, and I know we just talked about how D2 pins can be oppressive, mm -hmm. but we also know that, that on one or two pins on a regular unit, even without a first lieutenant, you're still looking at a pretty decent chance of activating, or a second right. lieutenant. So yep. if you've got your second lieutenant around, just get that squad under that mortar and you're good to mm. go. And remember, remembering the, the key thing about targeting is that you always target the closest model in the unit. So that means if, if you just have one model who's 11.9 inches away from that light mortar, that mortar shot fails. So yep. 
you, you know, it's it's actually quite interesting because kind of the last thing you want to do is get yourself within 12 inches of Japanese, um, unless mm. you're Gurkhas or you've got something, you know, you have to have a few things go right before you want to risk that. So I think it's actually an interesting counterplay where at face value, you just go, oh, okay, that's no problem. I just get under borders. And then you get closer to them and you're like, that's oh, wait. a 10-man <laughs> squad of fanatics. Yeah. Now I'm in uh, in charge range. I'm not really confident about this position anymore. And and that's and that's where uh, I had a lot of people as they were playing. They were just like, I um around turn two in particular when I suddenly laid things out and started to range as the start the ranging process. That they're like turn two. Okay, I think I know what I need to do. And then in turn three, they were like. I'm not so confident I know how to handle this <laughs> list because because if I push to get under your mortars, well, first of all, they're moving fire, so your whole units just basically back off and just attempt to range in again. Also an open play, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so, so, you know, open the board up and stuff. Um, it's like, but if I hold back, then I'm not on the objectives, which means I can't, like, I can't capitalise. And, and so, yeah, it was... The, for the purpose that I went and built the list for, it did exactly what it needed to do, uh, which was force people to think a little bit differently about the game, mm-hmm. um, which was a net positive for how we play in Perth. Um, was it successful from a competitive viewpoint? No, I, I would not have <laughs> taken that list in a in a uh, in a space to win, um, but uh, but that wasn't why I attended. <laughs> Let's briefly touch on round one, actually, because I yep. think that's a that's a pretty interesting conversation. I think we'll do Dan's round one, and then Jake, yeah, you sure. can give us your, your brief. So round one, you're talking key positions. You've got five key positions. You're up against a great friend of the show, Michael A., um, and he was running... Uh, I thought was a pretty kooky list, but I'm kind of... I was kind of a fan of it. It... it I mean, it has, like, a pretty open play... Uh, like you kind of you get what it's trying to do but at the same time that even if you stop that you're still just like mm, i don't know what to do next and and i played i played against it once and i was i managed to get a win but i think it just kind of had more to do with like having the right unit hit the right thing at the right time mm-hmm. but before i labor the point anymore uh so he's got a 16 dice first lieutenant and that's gonna and two squads of Panzer Grenadiers with a couple of submachine guns, uh, and he's got the motorized infantry rule. So yeah. a couple of you guys are probably cotton on to what's about to happen, but I think very few of you are actually really going to see what's occurring here. Uh, we got a chaplain as well, which is a bit of a hot pickup. Uh, Stern Pioneer Assault Engineer Squad, no um, pistol, no anti tank pistol, but he's got the he's got the flamethrower. No surprise there, it's why you take them. Sorry, three squads of Panzer Grenadiers, all motorized. Uh, Medium mortar, inexperienced, which is just the ubiquitous pickup nowadays. It's the mortar equivalent of a Stuart, I think. Um, (laughs) Regular sniper team, which I think is the right pickup. Um, A regular flamethrower. He did get the Panzerzerstörertruppen in there. Now, there's, this is a bit of a controversial unit because I thought it was available in generic reinforcement too. Yeah. Um, and some people are saying that it isn't. But what I think has happened is that there are two different versions of this unit. Right. One of them isn't legal in a generic reinforcement too, and one is. Mm. But the one that's in Easy Army is the one that's not legal. Yeah. I yep. think that's what happened. Um, but I think, like points-wise and everything, there it's are all the same. Just yeah, one, yeah. One has the, the one has the sentence, and one doesn't. So yeah, I, I, I missed it. 
I missed it in list review, um, but in the grand scheme of things, I think if there's an equivalent unit that's legal, uh, who cares? Yeah, yeah, and also it's a pretty inefficient unit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, uh, well, it's maybe not in our game that I played with him. Well, sure, um, it's a it's a six man <laughs> squad. He's got two Panzer Shreks in there and uh, five submachine guns. So it's yeah, a yeah. Good, it's a good pickup. Um, Alden Cow, no surprise there. Uh, he's got the Shrimp Wagon. Uh, with no transport in his armored car slot. He's got the uh, Blitz-mounted Flak 38, which is a fun... Yeah, that that is cool. A transport shrimp wagon. Again, I'm, everybody's like, oh, yeah, that's probably for the flamethrower team. Mm -hmm. SDKFZ 251-1, which is for the Stern Pioneers. And here's the real pickup, uh, the Landwasser Schlepper. It's a tracked 6-plus <laughs> soft skin that's amphibious uh, that can fit 20 people. Yeah. Uh, so all of the Panzer Grenadiers in the first attendant go into the Schlepper. And, <laughs> and I know what you guys are thinking. It's like, oh, he's just going to, like, you know, whack it in outflank for mm -hmm. uh, sectors or something like this. Um, and and basically, that happened in our game, actually. He just put it in reserve and rolled on. The moment it rolled onto the water board, I just <laughs> had HE round straight through it. I just went, nope, not giving that an inch. <laughs> um, and but that's that's a risk, right? Because I had a I had a chaffee with a two inch he, so it's a D three. Like even firing a two inch he at a soft skin, you're trading the reliability of killing for the pinning. Now, yep. knowing me and my stupid luck, whenever I play Michael, I rolled four sixes in a row. So I hit on a six, six for the pins, six for the penetration, <laughs> six on the damage chart, and just went see you later. Um, and just, but even this is the thing. All of the, but the first lieutenant right there, his Panzer Grenadiers weren't stopped. Mm -hmm. no. They they all piled out. You know, he lost a few here and there in each one of the squads. His first lieutenant was already out of the vehicle at that point, and I just stopped him from moving in the transport one turn, and he just kept going after that. And so yeah. it wasn't wasn't as cut as dry. But how was your experience going into that list? You've got a lot of light mortars. You're not packing super heavy ranged AT. Uh, you're going to have a hard time popping anything armored at range. What was your game plan? Uh, key positions. So he's yeah. also, I think he had the body count on you or unit, he, he had the unit count. He had sure. the unit count. Um, yeah, I think I came in um, from memory at 14 or 15 dice, something around there. It might have been 16, but there's a lot with a lot of light units yeah. in my list, yeah. so it doesn't play like a 16 yeah. dice list. Um, so in key positions, the, the first thing I went is, what is the thing that I need to do um, uh, and, and from, for, to try and win the game? And obviously, it's hold the objectives um, as, yep. as the primary purpose. How does my list hold objectives? I establish a 12-inch denial of light or yep. fire away from those objectives. Um, and, you know, that it's you know, when, it, when people get within that 12 inches, they're then within 12 inches of a bonsai charge from fanatic mm. Japanese. And so yeah. it's kind of like, sure, if you want to play that game, we'll play that game. Um, yeah. you know, but we had a lot of back and forth within our game. Um, our first, our first two turns saw quite a few swings. I was very aggressive with one of my half tracks and ran it up the field, which was full of, um, a light mortar team, a grenadier team, my lieutenant and two, uh, I think it was two uh, of the suicide spear mines who didn't forward deploy. They actually went into the half tracks because there was a prep on Barton. So I limited yep. all the. Um, was it prep okay. on Barton? Pete? No, I can't remember. Uh, Sectors was prep. I, I, I deliberately um, 
put everything in the transports as opposed to deploying on the board because he didn't put his tanks or any vehicles on the board either. So I was like, mm -hmm. I could forward deploy, but not know mm -hmm. where they are, or I can put them in, take them in a transport and then uh, we'll go from there. However, on his okay. turn, on his turn uh, two, I think it was, um, the, the um, Panzer Shrek unit with two Shreks came on. Um, Movement long range. I had cover from where I was, and one of them <laughs> oh, no. got through. One of them blew up. I lost the grenadiers had already gotten out, yeah. but the but the other uh, the other three units that were in it all parked it, and so off one shot I lost four order dice. Um, oh. Which look, I did what I did because I knew that I was playing the odds a little bit, so I have to like yeah. that's I would I'm gonna do it again. Yeah. Uh, you, you take the risk. You take the risk. He, shouldn't, he shouldn't have made the shot for sure or, or even if he did make the shot um I, I was comfortable to go that that's a risk i'm willing to accept and, and push forward um so that meant that i had to reinforce um that flank a little bit and change the battle plan um most of our objectives were actually pretty much on the center line uh and i figured he was going to push one of the flanks either left or right he had yeah. one unit in our flank and he had the um the schlepper with uh, full of full of its goodness um yeah. <laughs> sitting at the back it's a very uh, i feel that list pivots about really well so you you have the you have his, his blitz with the auto cannons you have a couple of, and, it, and the zushtur is holding that that flank and then he can just swing around and that's certainly what i felt in our game i was like i don't know what i'm going to deal with how i'm going to deal with that but I'm, I'm right. yeah so as as the um the zufas caused the damage and you know things started petering out when the shipper came on um I was, I was looking at it for the first time. I went, I don't think I've necessarily um, got too much to do right now. So I'll have to move one of my units of light mortars out to engage it and just try and even suppress it and hold it back, force the guys to get out. Um, and, and we'll see what we can do. As it was, I managed to kill it with the first one of the Ooh. first four round salvos that came through, which then proceeded oh, to kill. I then proceeded from the damage rolls, proceeded to kill off the lieutenant as well. Um, so his units were then forced to disembark um, and go down. Yeah. They took the, the I rolled the six for five or six for the D two pins. So they'd all yeah. taken two pins. The lieutenant was gone, and they were forced down for the turn. And so, and I still had a light mortar unit and a um, um, the IGN machine gun team section. Mm -hmm. So it's a machine gun team with extra bodies. That was just looking at them. <laughs> just they were in cover, they were protected. But I was like, "You come anywhere near me, and my machine gun is just going to light you up." Um, and so I was like, "Okay, this game's going to be a bit more interesting than what I thought because I had the opportunity to drop extra mortars on those units." Yeah. And as we traded things backwards and forwards, um, I was going to lose the attrition game. Uh, we ended up with a draw overall. I think it was. Um, let me just double check. What did Mike? My, my Mike uh, might have won that I game. I picked you. Yeah. Oh, cause, oh, yeah, because it went down to secondaries. Yep. 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 So, so, so the way that scored was you had to you had to have two more key positions than your opponent to win. Yeah. And if it didn't, it came down to secondary. So there was quite a few games that went to secondaries in that one. Yes, because I, I held two, Mike held one, and the other two were contested, which means we only had a difference of one overall. Yep. And so I flipped to the secondaries, and he absolutely pronounced me on the secondaries. Um, not least yeah. of which the open top vehicle that killed four units essentially in one turn. Um, that had some repercussions. <laughs> yeah, it would. Yeah, yeah, it would. I think it was, uh, it was it, ignore, including primaries and secondaries, it was uh, 10 to 7 in here, to his favor. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was a pretty close game still, but he, 
he did manage to slip it out fair and square. Yeah, given um, one more time, it would have been less close. Um, yeah, I, I think I think even another half a turn, there was some critical actions that he was positioned to take, which would have yeah. removed resistance. Um, on the other thing, I lost my twin MMG armored car in the first turn. Oh, with no. the, the flat the flat truck came on and went, "I'll have you," and it just gone out dead. And I was like, yeah. I was. I was kind of wanting to use those machine guns. Uh. <laughs> That's what you get for bringing that thing. Yeah, it's true. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, Jacob, yep. talk us through your list. Yeah. Is this substantially different to the two-platoon one you did a video on, or is it yeah, yeah. a single-platoon variant? It is a, it is a bit of a variant on the video. Um, yeah. And then we also played another World Open War event uh, a couple of weeks okay. prior yeah. with um, Matt matt hosting for the most part yeah so this one's a variant of that as well um right so in in prep for getting better at playing germans i i just basically crammed a whole bunch of bows videos for the first time um so uh yeah i mean there, there's some there's some good things in there in particularly i'm still trying to figure out transports so I, I try and keep in mind what he said about them uh, and I'm using them heavily in every list that I use everywhere. Uh, and my playstyle's just been absolute aggression across the board, all over the place. I felt it. Um, and it's it's been like it's 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 worked out more. It's been more successful than it's failed. But when it fails, it does yep. it, it can fall apart quite quickly. Um, yeah. And it's really dependent on the terrain. Uh, and and I've realised that in me testing it at home, I've got a lot of heavy terrain, particularly around the middle and all kinds of things. So it tends to right. work out well. And I'm playing on tables that just don't have that middle covered. So this one was like the OCP table. Everything was kind of like spread out. My opponent was Steve, but yeah, mm -hmm. we'll go for the list. Um, second Louis, I chuck in the three men. This is what I do every time with Germans now, just to get the, the bonus ARs and make it a little kill squad. Um, I'm really comfortable having vet squads down to eight men now rather than the ten. Yeah. Four ARs yeah. a piece and one Faust is is really nice. It ends up being one twenty nine points for vets. I think that's really a safe bet points wise, yeah. and they're effective Solid, units yeah. all the time. So uh, last couple of times, I, I've tended to actually have two squads of these. This one, I pushed it to three. Um, they they just they're just good all around. They don't need a transport. They they can. They're just effective everywhere, so that they're they're, they're yeah. really good. Uh, going for double sturms, so um, nice, nice. Six boys, flamer, faust each, and um, I opt for the three three subs, um, and they and they have the, the 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 tiny transport, the heavy field car, which is only twenty two points in experience. Um, yeah. Then I went. Then I filled in all the other slots, so medium mortar, sniper, shrek, and, and nebel. Mortar and, and Nebel, obviously, inexperienced. That's what I do. Completely fine with that. Um, and then... Yeah. Uh, you, right? Yeah. Uh, I've been playing with the Shrek in a, in a Kubel uh, for a little bit. Uh, I've, I find it's just, just small enough that it's just not getting targeted, um, which has been, been yeah. very good. And then this time I used the the German uh, stack, uh, Dakar Stewart the P3. Yeah. This is this is just the early world variant. It's got it's got two coax and one other whole mount MG. So you, you do have some options to fire, but because it's coax, 
uh, it means that you are fighting for are you using a turret or not and then that means you're not really getting all the fancy extra shots and all that kind of stuff um, still though yeah. armor 8 yep. no vulnerabilities none of the other awkward stuff yeah, 18 MMG shots that can target two targets. It's not, yeah, it's not 150 point Stuart. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's not that. It's it's a pretty good pickup. Yeah, um, I changed my list to match the secondaries for this one. I don't think they were available in the first time we ran it with Matt, which no, I think no. the, I think the player the players packs evolved since then. Um, yeah, I think I think the secondaries were available, um, but right. I think. I, th I think Matt said just for simplicity, we just go for two points. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, and and I was I was trying to be a bit, bit more Puritan about it. I was like, I just yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the OG experience. Yeah. Um, it, this, this thing put in a bit of work. I was I was kind of upset not to put in the drilling because there's a lot of secondaries about killing like an armor seven vehicle and open yeah. topped and all yeah. kinds of stuff. So it it's, it's five points difference between the two tanks. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, the list this worked out really well. I'm really comfortable with it. Um, this is something that I would typically take moving forward. That these these all seem like staples to me. Yeah. At this point, um, yeah. But uh, on to Steve and, and our game on key positions. Um, so Steve Steve ran a pretty like what I would consider to be um, like a pretty balanced newish to bolt yeah. action uh, platoon uh, and and i think this was steve's first bolt action event yep uh so and and don't worry i did I, the moment i got in contact the moment i saw his name on the list and i didn't recognize it i got in contact with him and i was like hey just like you're absolutely welcome uh but i just want to let you know what you're in for it's yep. like the rounds are 45 minutes shorter than they normally would be i'll get to the venue in a sec and and you know guys are going to be bringing their teeth and he's like no nah, man i'm all good so uh, he ran a, a three-man Waffen SS second lieutenant squad, yeah, um, with with ARs just for cheapest chips. Um, actually, sixty-five points for three guys with ARs in your HQ slot. It's not bad. Mm. Um, nothing to sneeze at. Uh, two ten-man squads with an LMG and a Panzerfaust. Two SMG or one SMG loaded squad, another AR loaded squad. Um, he got the LMG team in the machine gun slot, inexperienced, Scottish Stone Pioneers with a bunch of submachine guns, medium mortar, veteran sniper team, the Panzer IV HJ, um, yep. which again, it's something that we see a lot, is like when you first start playing bolt action, you slot the medium tank in, because yep. it's the sexy thing and everybody, like, it's real iconic Panzer IVs, Shermans, T-34s and stuff, but uh, then, then we learn that that bolt action is not that, uh, and then yeah. we all get stewards and chaffies and and uh, Oof, yeah, points and, and trash, uh, <laughs> and and then he's got a couple of trucks, which should probably be for the assault squad. So pretty, yep. like the trucks, you don't see too much of. You see a lot of people like uh, I've seen with newbies, they seem to fall one way or other with transports. They're either all in or all yeah. out. Um, but yeah, uh, Stuart was was pretty decently in. Um, again, kind of. No real tricks on the on the reinforced platoon there. You kind of what you see is what you get. Yep. Not super salty, not super stand back and shooty. Some inefficiencies, um, you know, like a Panzer IV H. You're just not really going to need a heavy anti tank on a medium chassis. Uh, but like, you, it does give you more flexibility. So yep. that's that's. I think I think when we talk about inefficiencies, it's about like 
or at least when I say that word, is is this thing in this slot designed to solve one problem? Mm. Uh, and if it isn't, it's arguably inefficient, uh, which is a bit rich of me because I everybody see my list building videos, and by that same metric, I run inefficient lists. But I've never claimed that they were three, efficient. Yeah, three machine gun teams wasn't unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they did their job really well. That they did. Uh, so, hey, yeah, uh, played key positions. Yep. I'm not nice hot under the collar action. Uh, talk us through it. What happened? Yeah, I mean, um, I think the key things that made us quite different is that um, the transports with me are becoming turn one threats across the board and it's three threats and they're spread out just enough but enough to support each other as well yeah, yeah. so it's yeah. it's an immediate thing that you need to react to and i have the expectation that these are going to become wrecks that will be cover yeah. for the troops that are coming up to support them as well yeah. um so I, I think I think it's it's, it's it's a standard twenty-four inch run. Hope they actually pop it. Yeah. And inside, casually disembark. Yeah. And go down. Yeah. 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 The in the transport. And basically and, saying, please shoot them. Yeah, and again, because then you're getting the free movement with the with the flamer team that's inside that's yeah. going yeah. that little yeah. bit forward, and yeah, yeah, it's 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 working out. But yeah, obviously he hadn't come across it. He did the he kind of spread the force too thin across the board to take yep. everything that he could possibly do, which just meant that things aren't supporting each other um, yeah. effectively, basically. And then I, I just, just got lucky with more transports, more rolls, that kind of thing. Uh, the board was, yeah, it, it had a very kind of open middle, which meant that I did yep. end up losing a transport or two. One survived, it, it went around and got, got, a, got a whole position with a flame on a flank. Um, the P4 didn't didn't do anything meaningful other than stopping the threat of the Shrek, right. um, but it didn't necessarily kill it. And yeah, we, we, we were just going back and forth, but uh, I was just getting lucky and getting those flame troops closer and closer, and then they just did their work. Uh, and then all the time, you know, nebbles are coming in and, and mortars and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, so uh, Steve absolutely amazing player uh he did really well for uh being fresh to the game uh and yeah. complete gentleman would love to play him again um didn't really score any secondaries in this one um i think just just one or two of them so uh outside of the points of winning the match just getting the the i got just got more objective points than he did uh that there were, it didn't really give me that much score but that doesn't yep. matter because everything falls apart in, turn, in game two for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, we'll take a quick moment here to talk about the venue. So, yep. normally, um, most of our events are either run like in clubs, uh, so they're gaming clubs. Like Outpost is, has hosted a lot of our events, both all the Band of Brothers ones are there, all the Skulls tournaments happen there. Uh, it's a great, great, fantastic venue. Um, this one was actually run at a gaming store. This was Good Games Cannington. Uh, so massive uh, thank you to the guys there for letting us run the event and take over the store. Um, they, they were, they're kind of branching into having wargaming tournaments held in their store. And so uh, there was a lot of things that I wanted to make sure that we as wargamers showed them. It's like, hey, if you 
if you are clear and transparent with us, we're going to we're going to fill your store and we're going to spend money there. Uh, mm -hmm. And so they, you know, they gave us it's like, hey, this is your start time. This is your finish time. And I said, OK, um, it meant that the game runs had to be tight. There were our 45 mm. games. Uh, but again, I think there was only one game across all of the whatever how many 21 games that were played on the day that didn't get past turn four so they didn't have a mm -hmm. turn five start so it's a real credit to the players and it shows you that it can be done but of course a lot of that is, is transparency i had a few players say i don't want to come to this event because it's too fast paced and i said look totally fair enough i get that it wasn't it wasn't a lot but it was a couple and yeah and and that's the thing i think from as a to is set the expectations and make them clear so people know what to expect but yes uh, the venue, they they gave us every dollar in ticket price back as prize money to the players. Yeah, nice. And that was fantastic. Uh, that's that's a luxury that you don't get uh, at gaming clubs because they have a whole hire. And, and, and fair enough, right? You know, these these things aren't free. Uh, and, and I have absolutely no issues. But sometimes you just end up with that little bit of luxury. And so we had that. That was great. War and Peace also supported us uh, right at the last minute. That was actually my so fault. Cool. I think I emailed Sean like... I think it was like the Friday, uh, the week before the event, or it might have been like the Monday, and I was like, I'm so sorry, this completely slipped my mind. And I also told him, I was like, look, man, up front, I'm getting $20 for every player as prize money. I don't expect you to match that and go anywhere near that. All I'm really hoping for is one set of silver order dice, just so I can acknowledge the person who won. That's all that I that yeah. I really need. And, and I also told him, I was like, I get that there's a lot of other events that aren't that don't have access to this kind of prize money. And so I would much rather that you just supported those guys instead, because it's going to make a real big difference for them. Yeah. And I would, yeah. but of course, that's not my decision to make that show. And I just told them, I was like, Hey, this is the way that I see it. But ultimately, like, I don't want to tell you how to psychics, right? You've got, you've got your own quotas and your own policies. You do you, but yeah, the event, the event was great. We had a computer, we had screens, we had round timers on the walls, uh, we had drinks and snacks. It was fantastic. The staff were super great, and they were really happy to have us. So credit to all of the players. Um, you guys showed the staff there that uh, war gamers are somebody that they want in the store. Um, we showed them that that if you give us nice and clear, said, hey, you got to be, you, we can do the doors at this time, uh, and we want you guys packed up by that time. And we were actually ahead of schedule, so again, credit yeah. to the players for that. And so, yeah, I think hopefully uh, that venue will be an option for us in future. Uh, but I just really wanted to acknowledge all of the efforts of the players because I sent out the the briefing and the matchups. I think it was either the morning or the night before, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. and everybody basically stuck to the letter. I said that it's going to be setup time is going to be real tight. You have your tables. What's your table numbers? What's going to happen is the doors are going to open. You're going to go in. You're going to set up the table with your opponent, and you're going to start playing as soon as you're set up. And that bought us about half hour in the day. It made yeah. a huge yeah. difference. It was huge. Uh, and so, you know, it meant that some of our round times were actually two hours or two hours 15 because of that. And we still, mm -hmm. we still packed up ahead of schedule. So, yeah, real credit to the players. Uh, well done to everybody for that. I know it wasn't an easy day. Um, but the the world open war will have two and a half round timers. Don't worry. Uh, it yep. was it was just a I guess just the way that that cookie crumbled. But hey, we made it work. So credit. Uh, I know that a lot of people like to say, oh, it was a lot of the hard work from the TOs, and 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 sure, you know, take some effort to put a pack together and mm -hmm. and to pull all the strings. But what really makes a day run smoothly is players, not TOs. Uh, and so the day was super smooth, and it was super painless for me. So well done to everybody.
I've had my little soapbox piece. I didn't get to play. Uh, I didn't even get to play as Ringer, so I can't even talk about the list that I would have run or the games that I had, so you have to give me something. Um, moving moving into round two, we're now playing Sectors, I think. Oh, we've got a friend who's joined us. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, Sectors has, I think, the dice bag deployment mechanic, which yes. a few... Which a few local players absolutely love. Looking at you, Ollie, um, uh, but it does massively draw out deployment. So I gave an extra. Yeah. I think it was fifteen minutes or half an hour for the round. The only key difference for sectors uh, was that it's one dice roll for oh, Prep and Barbet. I'm a two plus two plus both of you are hit. Um, so I don't know which one of you wants to go first. Sure. And talk us through your your matchups. Yeah, I mean let let's let's continue on with the discussion about Mike. yeah i had him round two for sectors um german on german action three i played three germans uh yeah 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 so all of them i guess (laughs) 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 for both of your lists yeah 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 um so uh all, all my games, wherever I play, uh, I don't do the reserves. I don't do the outflank and all that kind of stuff. I really stay away from right. it because I, I don't want it to be a risk. I don't want it to be a chance yeah. that it doesn't happen. And I'm like, I'm committed. These things are coming on the board and I'm, we're going to go from there. And that's what I do with all my... Fair enough. You've got yeah. a few inexperienced transports in your list. Yeah, yeah. So I don't... So but obviously with a prep bombardment, that can be risky in itself um and and mike mike does the complete opposite especially with a mission that has prep he will opt for everything off the board as possible um also just just in case for for anybody who hasn't caught on yet um key positions sorry sectors has a very simple strategy where you put as much in reserve as you can and then you bring them onto the neutral quarter yeah and and then you can walk on. Or if you can afford it, you whack him in outflank, and then you can literally just walk into, into. the yeah. three-point quarter on turn three. And that's yeah. something a lot of players can't deal with. Yeah. Uh, so, yes. So I, I suspect having played uh, sectors against Michael, against that list, yep. uh, I think he, he would have done probably a lot of guys walking to the neutral quarter come turn two. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the crux of it is like, Many transports, or at least many slots, yeah. a lot, lot in reserve as it is. Um, and I was, although prep hit me pretty hard, um, I think like one, at least one unit was taken out, a um, lot of pins and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. I was in a really good spot in that turn to to be affecting movement was was key i was, I was already already close to, to to getting into like the enemy right. enemy sector uh and i thought that everything was going to go well in the sense of the units that are on the board are gonna be in trouble his units right right um so yeah obviously he had the the mega transport with with everything in it um and it just happened to be the sector that he was dropping that in um was lightly defended well it wasn't lightly defended there was a p3 staring at it and some other units but they had pins from sure. the prep oh, and yeah 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 so so it 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 snuck in there as big as it was through a ruin <laughs> <laughs> and if anybody hasn't sh- seen the schlepper honestly take a boat it's <laughs> like tiger tracks under the hull it's insane it's a massive thing <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, you guys have had luck destroying it before it becomes a problem. I had it become a problem, <laughs> and everything that I thought that would you know throw some pins on it and damage everything before the boys got out, uh, that didn't happen because I was pinned out from prep. Um, yeah. So yeah, I was in a obvious i played how i've have on everything else transports were all the way up stuff right into the other sector right there there's this schlep that just comes in behind it and everything comes out and it's all assaulty and everything comes i end up being tabled in this one um, oh wow yeah so uh, it, it was a full wipe um and i don't think we even got to turn six and he still had most of the stuff in my sector by the end of it because yeah. it was just yeah. like we had, we had a turn it's like okay you've got like 12 order dice here i've got one do your thing <laughs> you know um so yeah this this one was was a hard one and it uh um I yeah it sucked but also it sucked because it was my first game with Mike and I wanted I want to actually have a proper non one-sided game with him at some point and it just we yeah, just haven't sure. had the opportunity to do that yet he was, uh, he was uh he was joking after round two that he was going to complete his hmg trifecta on <laughs> so he just needed somebody to drop out for round three so he could play oh, the entire hmg oh. sans tyler uh as if that hard would retain yeah um it beaten like the hmg podcast in in one day i'm doing it in one day is pretty impressive <laughs> yeah. yeah i think i think we're uh, we're almost even on games, me and Mike. I think I have like yeah. one or two on him, um, yeah. but not not many. It's pretty close. He's uh, a good it's, player. It's, yeah, yeah. It, it, there's a and he comes up with these kooky lists. Yeah. There's a there's a fun thing that happens is that we've played quite a few games on Tabletop Simulator as well. Okay, and it's quite funny is that whenever like we play Tabletop Simulator, I just have no answer. It's like I didn't even show up. I was like, <laughs> why am I here? They're just absolutely sweeping the floor with me, and then. And then when I play him in real life, Person. what usually happens is I will just have some bullshit role that will just turn off his ability to win. Like, <laughs> Flapper walks on, I'm just going to delete it. Uh, there was another game where we were playing Double Development, and he was about to win, and I just get a mortar straight through the roof of Half-Track and kills all the units inside. <laughs> it's just like, well, now it's my game to win. <laughs> but, yeah, so hopefully he doesn't table me. Um, yeah, I'm not really looking forward to that. Mm. Wouldn't be for that, but yeah, not looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, cool. I definitely got a loss. It says here I got four tournament points. I don't know how. Oh no, that uh, that's overall from where we are because you only scored score three. Oh, oh, okay. All right. So I got I got I killed five of his units somehow. Um, <laughs> and and <laughs> it was it was forty four to five. Yes, this one game. was a tough yeah. one. Um, and uh, that makes the game I'm about to talk about look good. Forgive <laughs> me if I'm wrong. Did he get top player for the event? No, no, he got yeah. he got pipped at the post. Yeah, um, okay. But coming coming into round three, he had he was ahead on primaries by ten points, mm -hmm. and he was ahead on secondaries by two points. Oh, mm. so close! Uh, so he was, uh, and then yeah. He was he was right at the top. Mm. Um, so he was on even number of wins. Uh, and for those who have been tuning into all of our event recaps, it was the Entente Cordiale was the top three players. Mm -hmm. So with Ali, Mike, and Matt coming into yeah. round three. Uh, so no real no real surprise there. They're all guns. But just to see right. Mike slip out in front of Matt yep. coming into round three, it was a bit of a surprise. Cool. And well-earned by the sounds of it.
Yep. Um, so Dan, how was your round two? So round two, uh, we had a little bit of a Japanese uh, civil war. Um, so I fought, um, I fought against uh, Dave Davison. Um, and One of the armchair generals. Yep, very nice. Yep. And uh, so he's, again, um, wargamer quite a while, has been involved in action for quite a while, knows what he's doing with his lists, um, has previously you know, played, um, uh, I think you've seen events over in um, South Africa and stuff, very much um, aware of what can and can't be done. So his Japanese list was a bit more of a typical Japanese list that you would expect to see at an event. Yeah, uh, with some things I wouldn't have expected to see. So he had a three-man first lieutenant, which was one of the surprises. Yes. Uh, he had a Shudan paratrooper squad, also a bit of a surprise. No, um, they could do. Oh, yeah, no, no argument. Mm-hmm. It's here, but you don't normally see them. Uh, no. I'd say uncommon. Um, veteran IJA squad, yeah, pretty standard stuff there. Uh, Kimpeti political officer, yep. Also, which was I, funny because I had one as well. Um. Right? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not super convinced by this model. Like, I get why people pick it up, but I can't. You've got that. another body. <laughs> we need to get them. Get Jacob's the HMP show. Jacob's having the time of his life over <laughs> Yeah, medic, which I think again, like I get what you're saying. That was unexpected. But mm, well, we there's, there's having played him, I know why and and we can yeah. talk about what those things look yeah. like in a second. But um, two two bamboo spearfighter squads at 15 each. Mm. Yes, pretty standard stuff there. Native irregular squad which I really like as a pickup, actually. Um, I get I get why people wouldn't take them, but I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah. Um, I think I think given what they do, though, there are better, cheaper alternatives in, in IGA. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, heavy Mortar. I'm surprised that didn't see the spigot, to be honest. Um, I think, I, think this, I, I can't remember the points exactly, but I think the spigot's the, just better. Well, it's not necessarily... Better. It's it's a pin suppression unit, but it loses the penetration value. So, oh, okay. um, so so the thing is, like you you get a massive amount of pins, and you basically you lock a unit out typically, um, yeah. mm-hmm. and you go right. Well, that unit is just not doing anything until it rallies. So that's either going to guarantee your next activation, or I'm just going to hit you again and I'm pin you out. Yeah. Whether it's with the heavy mortar, you will get the damage. penetration plus pins, and probably fold the unit. Where because right. the other the other one's limited to only one plus one penetration, I think it's plus oh, one, might, might oh, be plus okay. two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's quite that's a bit lower. Yeah, that's that's cute. Um, well, I mean, it does two d six pins. Yeah, uh, sniper <laughs> team, flamethrower team, anti tank rifle team. I personally yep. not a huge fan of it. Um, he's got two suicide anti tankers. I would have preferred a third rather than the anti tank rifle team. Well, actually, um, Japan can take. The anti-tank rifle team, as well as a third, so they can no actually way. take an anti-tank. Yeah, so wherever you have the ability to take an anti-tank slot, you can take your suicide, your improvised anti-tank, or your suicide anti-tank teams, as well as an anti-tank rifle. Oh. So they would they would they would get the four spaces. Now he chose not right. to do it in this instance because his his actual force. Um, he essentially was using that anti-tank rifle the same way I use them in my Soviets as an additional sniper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I think this bigot mortar is not a generic reinforcement tune thing. Anyway, I'm getting stuck on, on that. Um, medium anti-tank gun as veteran. I'm 
not convinced mm-hmm. by that pickup. Um, I think, I wonder if that was like an event, like a player's pack read. You know, you're looking at like, oh, 1,100 points. There's going to be a decent vehicle. Yeah. I think that's where that's coming from. Obviously, I don't want to put words in David's mouth, but um, yeah, that's that's kind of where I think that one came from. And the ubiquitous whole row, great, great mm-hmm. bit of kit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and a Kuragane. I think it's just the truck. It's just uh, transport. It's a Jeep. Jeep, cool. Yeah. 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 Um, interesting list. Um, yeah. I think it's a it's a much, like more, it. much more balanced list than you typically see Japanese. They tend to yeah. see, they tend to I've either seen like full bamboo spearmen or I've seen like full veteran blocks, which are just mm. like impossible to deal with. Um, this fanatic riflemen are a huge pain. Um, but yeah, go ahead, Dan. How's so, the go? Yeah, so um, it's we we actually got started uh, and about three or four dice into, or two or three dice or something like that, into turn one, we realized we were meant to roll for prep bombardment. Uh, uh, yeah. And so we backtracked, we, we both agreed and went, no, nah, look, we're fanatics, so we know nothing's going to run away um, right. because we're, in, we're immune to those tests. So it's simply pin suppression. We can undo what we've got here. So we went we went back and re- redid it, all like 30-something units that we had. Um, <laughs> and uh, the, the result of that was... David had probably one of the average results of a prep bombardment. So ones, twos, misses, a hit or so, you know, that was fair. I had something that was significantly above average. (laughs) I don't think I missed any single unit. And I I think only one unit, one or two units took one pin. And I rolled four or five sixes on his units Mm. and was basically deleting models. Um, One of them was on a bamboo spearman squad, so they had to force to roll for green immediately. One of them was on an anti, uh, improvised anti-tank t- anti-tank model and it obliterated him completely. One was on the veteran anti-tank gun, um, which was positioned. Oh, no. Um, and so I, I reduced that to two out of three straight away with pins, um, on two pins. And so his whole force just went from you know, essentially, we think we're okay to... No, everything's on two pins is pretty much how that went. Mm-hmm. Ouch. It was It was under... We're both looking at it going, okay, I guess this is what we're doing then. Mm-hmm. And so, because <laughs> at this point, because he knew that I had 10 light mortars and he knows obviously how the light mortars work. And so he's going, all you have to be able to do is clear your one pin or no pin units, um, get them out of the transports because they were all hiding in the transports yeah. from the prep bombardment vomit them out with the clown car, drop the light mortars on my um, bamboo spearmen, and once those two units disappear, I don't actually have many teeth that you can't deal with, just through machine gun yeah. fire, for example, yeah. Yeah. because the numbers in his squads weren't as high. Um, there were still more than mine, mind you. Now, this is where it gets a little bit funny, because in that first turn following up from that, I then proceeded to fail, I think, five or six order checks to activate <laughs> oh. anything, including units that were only on one pin, including yeah. units that were only on one pin and range of the lieutenant. Um, oh. <laughs> and, they, and I just and I just was like, um, that most of them I was willing to work around. So my sniper failing his order check, okay, look, he's a sniper, he's going to go down, he's going to be really hard to hit, and the only thing that's probably going to try and take him on in this first shot is the opponent's sniper. They've already shot at me, so no big deal. Um, 
I had some spear, the spear lunge miners, because I had no idea where his um, tank was, but because we were playing sectors, I just forward deployed them into the neutral sector. I mean, yeah. Forget, forget doing any kills here. You're worth four, six points over there. Go yeah. be busy over there and don't get killed. So I wanted to move them to a more advantageous position um, because I knew that he would be bonsaiing his spearmen and I knew that he'd try and drop some of those pins off by using bonsai. So I was trying to use those forward deployers to get into line of sight so that they would be the closest line of sight model. Mm. So he'd be forced to bonsai away to the neutral corner, yeah. give my mortars more time. Um, they went down instead. Um, as it turned out, things started going backwards and forwards. Um, it was a great game. Um, Dave's a, a really good opponent. We enjoyed that part. Um, <laughs> the thing that really stuck me um, was that my forward half track, which was lined up to just beeline straight across into a neutral sector and then basically disgorge three units into um, into that space and start clamping down on a bit of terrain. Like I'd lined it up, I was like, my first move, first activation, this is going to be there, which gets it out of line of sight from everything. The gun's not on ambush, so I don't have to worry about that. I zip it across, even if it takes a shot. It's on two pins, I don't care. It's like, I'll get it across and then I can claim that quarter and be ready for whatever he brings on and just counterattack straight away. Um, and... Uh, so that was one of the units that failed its order test. Um, <laughs> so it, it then had to, it then had to pivot to face because um, there was something in its forward arc that it forward deployed, which was this sniper. So I had to pivot to face the sniper and attempt to back up, which I then couldn't back up properly because I had put it on a road in between two stone walls, mm-hmm. and so I, I stopped at the stone wall, um, and one of my units was in the way, and I went, I can't actually. Move. So I've great I've, I've slanted my armor that's fine that's all right i can work with that. <laughs> um as the turn progressed this traffic stop that i created for me became a massive problem and liability and basically it ended up stalling between what was in the transport what was surrounding the transport the armored car that was behind the transport the light oh, that was forward, because everything i put so that he wouldn't get a nice easy shot or a charge on anything and i was just going to move a clump of units so that if he had to charge something, he was going to have to charge a vehicle. And basically, his fanatic fighters were not going to kill the vehicle outright, certainly not easily. Um, but by that by that point, it's like, well, um, then everything that was behind that vehicle that you've now killed is now just going to come over the top and, and slash you back or whatever. And so it was always going to be a punch counter punch. Yeah. But I created, but I managed to somehow create a traffic jam. And the funny part was in turn three when those paratroopers came on that we were talking about before they Mm. ran up the field um on turn two ran forward on turn three so by the time the transport got around to activate they could now see those paratroopers um, which were then closer because i'd pivoted or i'd attempted to try to pivot um i'd failed the order check again but this time the paratroopers were closer so they had to do a full 180 and face the paratroopers show the rear armor of the half track to the anti-tank gun and reverse back where i'd come from to begin with oh man um, it was just, it was the sort of thing. And meanwhile, my armored car on no pins, by the way, is just like, and I can't maneuver because I'm not allowed to run over the guys next to me. I can't reverse because there's a team behind me and I'm not, I'm a wheeled vehicle, so I can't even drive over the wall. Half track, just get out of the way. I need to drive forward. <laughs> um, and so it was, it wasn't actually a deployment mess up. Like I had a plan with what I was going to do on how it was deployed, even with the bombardment, mm. but it just didn't happen. Like the dice were like, that's cute and they just didn't didn't let me do anything so as it turned out um when those bamboo spear fighters actually got into the mix even though i'd reduced them i had one of them up to 
um, eight, uh, seven pins. I needed one more wow. pin. I had five units that were going to shoot that unit and it was going to fold due to being pinned out. Um, and then the, I was like, okay, five units. I just need one to succeed. I had one ranged in mortar ready to go. I was like, you just need to roll two and he's done. <laughs> oh, man. No. Well, there goes, you know, and so they were not, not only did they proceed to then kill something, they ended up in my quarter. So they were oh, three points damn. simply for being there. And they were on eight pins or something because then they, they'd upgraded. No, they must have been on eight pins because they were regulars. They got the upgrade from the prep bombardment. And that prep bombardment that killed a guy lost me from pinning that unit out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a frustrating game. I mean, bolt action happens. It was, it was great. Um, Dave, Dave and I really enjoyed the game, but we had some moments in there where we were just like, no, no, this, no. I think I think sometimes you only see stuff like that when you get these mirror matchups, because yeah. like we both want to play the same way, mm. uh, and so then when you get these two things just bump into each other, it's it's not a not a hey, yeah, it's a recipe for disaster, and disaster does does like to strike. So you were coming out of that round with. Uh, so David had 30 points. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, and you actually, you weren't too far behind by the looks of it. Uh, you're 15, half. That's that's a fair bit behind. Much <laughs> better than me. Nine, nine of his points were because he had three units in my quarter straight away. Right. Um, but, he, but also, we had, yeah, I struggled to kill any of his units um, completely off. Um, whereas he had killed, I think, a good sort of six or seven worth of mine. Um, yeah. and so I just couldn't stop him in the neutral quarters as well. So he ended up outnumbering me in the neutral quarters plus the kills plus um, the three. Um, yeah, he played. He played well. Mm. Yeah, D David does not pull punches. He's a fun, fair guy to play. But yeah, mm. when he swings, he swings hard. So moving into round three, um, and we are looking at meeting engagement, mm -hmm. which I, I don't know why it's in a tournament pack, but. You know, <laughs> I, I, I just I think this is just a mission that everybody plays when they're first learning bolt action, and I think it's like yeah. mm. I think it's just a pretty boring mission, yeah, all up. But I mean, I picked it out of the five that are in there, so you know, <laughs> it really gets a last laugh. Um, I'm really just criticizing myself at this point. So, uh, Dan, you played Adrian, which was one of the other yes. guys. Um, yep. So Steve and Adrian are brothers. One of them got Wooden Spoon, the other one got Best Sport, and hilariously, it was almost a tie for both of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to see them both back. Uh, hopefully, seem, not as Wooden Spoons. They seem uh, pretty keen. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Adrian was running the Soviet list. Yep. Um, I'm sure, with Dan, we can probably just go into your game. Um, yeah, yeah. Soviet list again, kind of more or less what you'd expect to see from somebody newer to um, bolt action. Yeah, um, particularly and with uh, with kind of leaning away from some of the things that you would expect to see in a Soviet list. So yeah. let's get the key thing out of the way. KV two. Mm -hmm. I mean, very brave dropping three hundred points on that thing. Mm -hmm. um, it's a huge pain to deal with, especially yeah. with the. The hull-mounted MMG, the rear turret MMG, and of course a heavy howitzer in the front. Um, actually, kind of awkward because you could just walk up and shoot in three different directions. <laughs> yeah, it's um, 
So, yeah, so he's, he had, I think, four units of eight uh, Soviet Guard with submachine yeah. guns. Um, yeah. And uh, he only had one anti-tank rifle, had a sniper. Um, did have the tank hunter anti-tank team, which I did. did have the tank hunter anti-tank team. Um, are those, yeah, I'll get to them in a second. Um, the, there's some, obviously the free inexperienced rifles and a lieutenant yeah. as well. Um, and the M5 half-track rounds yeah. out with the mm -hmm. sniper team. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, one of the first questions that I asked, because I didn't recognize um, yeah. Adrian, and so one of the first questions that I asked was that, you know, have you played much bolt action? And then the guy across the table from me goes, no, 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 um, we, we've already swapped tables. And I'm sitting there going, I know, I've come to this table to fight Adrian. I don't recognize who you are. You're obviously Adrian. And he points over to the guy at the other table. He's like, no, we swapped tables. I'm, I know, Gorchin was just saying we're going to do a table <laughs> swap. And I was actually talking to Steve. And, <laughs> right. <laughs> and what, and Adrian leans over and goes, no, 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 what, what Steve's trying to tell you is that you were on this table, but we've already swapped you, but you have to move and you need to come fight me on this table. So that was that was the starting setup of our, of our game. And um, uh, so then I re-asked... Standard round three brains fried. Yep. Yeah. I then re-asked my question of like, okay, so how many how many games of Vault Action have you played? Because, you know, I haven't, I haven't seen yeah. it around or whatever. And he's like, oh, look, I've only played like five or six games and three of them have been today um, or something along those lines. I was yeah, like, yeah. that's, that's fine. I was like, if I'm going too fast, if I, if you have questions or standard stuff, like just let me know. Um, but, as, but I said, I'm, I'm also, my list probably isn't designed to make you think necessarily harder than what you will. Cause it, it's, it's a different setup. So um, we'll walk it through. And um, so I didn't go with the intent to make it a learning game. I did say, no, we'll play it out um, as, as best as we can. I'll give them a good game. Um, and then as we went forward, um, I, was, I set up my deployment and then completely muddled up the fact that when you do first wave, you don't roll order checks to come on. Um, so he deployed everything, so that wasn't a problem. And I, for the first turn, had left my entire stuff that I put in first wave. I was rolling order tests and failing, mind you. And so I was leaving them off the board and half force just didn't come on. And then Fushy comes over and goes, you spoon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Please, and, and viewers at home, the, I want you to all know that I did not let that lie. I went past Dan and he's just like, he's like, oh, you're going to do reserves off for first wave. And I was like, Dan, you of all people. <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> My brain was fried. Um, <laughs> So, so once I actually got my army onto the field, so so Adrian graciously let me just take a essentially a move on and pick up from where they were, uh, and so that was that was very gracious of him. Um, and I went, okay, now that my army's here, I'm going to show you what I actually would normally have done with it. <laughs> so I moved my first light mortar team out, and I sighted the building where his sniper was, and I went, okay, I'm going to fire my light mortar at your sniper in the building. Um, the reality is that it's going to penetrate down through the floors, four plus, four plus, wherever it lands, and then it's going to blow up, and whoever's ever on that floor is unfortunately going to cop uh, AG shell. So I was like, but I'm trying to get rid of the sniper is the thing. Um, so it then proceeded to go through the attic floor, through the floor the snipers were on, and explode on the floor where the anti-tank team was. And I was like, okay, cool. So number of units hit building, blah, 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 and wiped out the anti-tank team. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. Um, that's reasonable. That's something that can happen in a game. That's all right. And then, then the next portion of the game was me just running my army away from the KV-2's line of sight. Um, so he was trying to just advance up. I was trying to drop mortars where I could to create suppression. 
Um, several of them were hitting and at least trying to stack on pins to do things. Um, I had a I had a moment of the game, um, which was quite. Uh, I dismounted a unit with light mortars and they just shot over at something to try and put pins on it. And I had two mortars hit um, off the dismount, and uh, and I was like, I feel a little bit bad about that because you chose not to go down, so you're only taking D two pins, but I'm potentially hitting four models, and I did wipe off like four models from that unit at the time, and I was like, this Ouch. is just this is just nuts. Mm. Like he can't afford that on that unit. Um, and then, but then he was like, he was like, well, what would I do with the KB2? And I was like, I mean, it's got a heavy howitzer, right? So I've, any of my infantry units are just going to basically disintegrate if you hit the pick one. Um, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't matter which one. I was like, you just need to drive to a point where you can see something and you just <laughs> need to waste with the machine gun or the heavy howitzer. But the heavy howitzer is going to make a mincemeat of anything if it touches it. Um, and we were playing on a fairly, what I would consider a fairly open board. Um, we were playing on Chris Ramsey's one where it had the big right, stone yeah. fencing stuff in the middle with the essentially the cross section. I love that like ring road. Oh, oh it's so it's, much fun. It's, it's a lot of people don't, um, they don't necessarily think about the fact that the road rings around the whole way. And so that mm -hmm. when you're staying on the road and you have dual pivots, for example, with a wheeled vehicle. Oh yeah. Oh. And, just, and it's like, now you're shooting like down the length of your battle. Like, but you were second ago. How does that? Yeah, either way. Um, but it is once you're inside that stone circle, it's actually quite open. There's not mm -hmm. necessarily a lot yeah. that was on that particular board at that time, which is fine. It's just you know, there's lots of plenty of other places to hide before you commit there. Um, center objectives suck. Mm -hmm. I've had to play that before. But um, but anyway, we're lining it up and. Um, I'm like, I don't want to dance with that KB2. And so I was moving around, doing everything I could, and I realised that because of where his infantry were coming in, I went, I reckon that's 12 inches. Um, now, my anti-tank guys had run in and already failed completely at their one assigned mm, job damn. in my list, um, all three of them. They won route out in front of a half-track. Adrian got the first dice and blew it away. I was like, it's fine. I've got two going on the KB2. It's all right. I can yeah. see I go again. He gets the next guys out, blows another one away, and I went, I don't like where this is going. Anymore. <laughs> um, and so, so I ran out of those guys, and I went, I'm going to kill the KV2 with, I don't know, maybe my 15 inexperienced guys will just like, knock on the hatch. Um, I don't know. Um, but where he's moving his infantry into, I was like, oh, I reckon that's probably within 12. And so I was looking at the board, it's like, but because they weren't the closest, I couldn't bonsai charge. And so my unit of 15 rifles on one pin, um, I was like, I need to charge up here first, but they're not the closest. So I have to actually pass an order check on the minus one on mm -hmm. the experienced unit. Um, then I potentially would off casualties become green, which would be great because if they upgrade, it makes me more susceptible to being able to do stuff. Got in, killed the first unit, stayed green and inexperienced. So I was like, Okay, mm. now I'm just inexperienced, basically in front of a heavy howitzer. My life is never <laughs> even. Uh, so, so then... Um, Situation excellent, I attack. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, the heavy howitzer missed. I really, really wanted oh. it to hit for Adrian. Like, I wanted him yeah. to put that four-inch template down that just caused havoc with me. Because then when I looked across, I was like, those guys look like they were within 12. So the remaining, like, 14 or 13, I can't remember how many um, spearmen were there. Um, well, they weren't spearmen, they were riflemen, but yeah. they were operating like spearmen. Um, it was like they basically picked up and it's like, well, we're going to charge over there. I was within range. Yes, he got shots on me, but coming across, 
I lost maybe one or two on the way in and then mm-hmm. I killed everybody and I was like, right, okay. And that one unit that was left, which was the one that I magically pinned when they dismounted from the transport, I then managed to collect them the turn afterwards mm-hmm. because once again, the heavy howards are missed. And I was just like, meanwhile, the light mortars killed everything on the other flank. Like they just, yeah, everything's dead. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, this is not the sort of game I thought I was going to have with you. Um, <laughs> like, I thought it was going to be a bit more than that. Um, I actually thought he was going to win that game because I had nothing to deal with that KV2. Um, I knew mm-hmm. that he was probably going to gun down the lunge miners, and I was like, that's exactly what you need to do. And then his infantry, point for point, were better than my infantry mm-hmm. in terms of mm-hmm. their armament and what, mm-hmm. they, what they could do by moving up and taking the shots. So I was expecting him to win those fights as well. Um, but he just didn't get the dice. Well, it's not that mm. he didn't get the dice out. He just didn't get the conversion of those hits when yeah. needed on that big unit of 15, which allowed me to mop up three units in three turns, um, which meant that suddenly he'd lost control of the center, um, mm-hmm. which for the, the game that we were playing with the kills and the ratios, it was like that actually didn't work out in his favor. However, I think I only won. What was the end score on that one, Gorchen? Do you have that there? Yeah, I do. Um... It was six to two. Yeah, it wasn't actually. It wasn't, wasn't a actually blowout. massive. Yeah. No, it, it was. It, and so, if I took those three, three points away for the fifteen man squad, and if he'd killed that fifteen man squad, it's three three. Like yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and and so it was a lot closer before that interaction happened. Yeah, um, and then afterwards, I was like, sorry. <laughs> so. Uh, Fun, fun game round three. It really seems like the top of the table was basically who did well in sectors um, yeah. coming into round three. That that's really the main divider. It's obviously who had two wins, and then out of those ones, it's who had who did well in sectors. So, Jacob, your round yeah. three was against Sean. Yes, um, another German list. Sean. Yeah, another Sherman list, but Sean was something in an actually very interesting list. Oh man, um, I want this. I just can't afford all the minis. <laughs> can I say that I'm like a huge fan of the list for myself? Mm-hmm. Um, I have played it's against cool. it and I got I got mopped up by it, um, but that's because I kind of played it the exact opposite way that you're supposed to against it. So his list is a uh, regular second lieutenant as a three-man squad. Two squads of Ostrapin at minimum uh, sizes yep. and shirkers. Yep. He's got one squad of Pioneers. I think it's like a six-man squad with a flamethrower. He's got a squad of uh, SS Cav, um, which are just fanatics with submachine guns and assault rifles. They don't actually on Cav, on horses. Yep. Um, Cyber Team, Flamethrower Team. And then here's where it gets fun. He's got the Kugel Blitz, yep, which is a hot bit of kit. Oh yeah. Uh, and he's got one two five zero dash nine. Yeah, that's the auto cannon half track. And then he's got one two three four five <laughs> two five zero dash one half tracks with yep. a single MMG. So these are armor seven open top. So this is probably as close, and they're all veteran as well. Yeah. Mm. Which uh, yeah. Um, this is probably as close as you can get to a German Bren carrier spam. Yep. Yeah. Um, because they're five man transports, armor seven, open top with an MMG. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's probably the closest you can get. I think the Bren carrier is more efficient. Oh yeah, definitely. And, and all yep. the other sorts of stuff. It's probably the closest you can get as a German Bren yep. carrier spam. Um, 
the mistake that I made playing against it was that I kept my distance and I was trying to like, yeah. isolate the half tracks and trying to like rely on my chaffee or get like an ambush of the flame. And it's the exact opposite way that you beat this list. Yeah. Uh, or rather, that's exactly how you lose to this list. How you beat this list is you just run at it. Yep. Um, yes, he can outrun you and stuff, but ultimately, like, if he's playing meeting engagement, you just run up and punch the transport. Um, yep. Yeah, the, the squad, the five man squad of Shirkers is going to get out to defend it. <laughs> you're going to immediately murder them and yep. they're going to kill the transport. Yeah. And you just rinse and repeat on that. Um, I think. The way they want to play is they want to sit back, they want to put some pins on you with MMGs, trick you down, and then basically get you to the point where you can't assault the transports and then they have a field day. Because yeah. uh, yep. you just don't have enough, particularly as an allied player, you don't have enough AT going up against yep. Germany with a bunch of Panzerfausts. I mean, it's, 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 yeah, yeah. it's not, not so straightforward. So, Jacob, um, how did it go? I remember yeah. there being a lot of dead things in the middle. Yeah, yeah, this, this was... A, a, I suspected that he was going to play defensive and be mm. as far back away from me as possible. So I, I just said straight down the middle, let's just chuck the transports, let's do it. I'm, I'm hoping to get the movement. I'm hoping that the transport dies so the flamer gets closer to him. That's that's, that's it. That's it. Everything go and immediate threats all the way. And he he's feeling the pressure straight away. It's like, oh, my God, it's everywhere. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, this, this one was like turn one pops my transport, gets D6 hits on the Sturms in it and kills every single one of them. Um, oh. But that's followed up with the little um, Kubel um, following it behind with the Shrek that comes out and pops that unit. So so that ended up working out okay. It's not it's not a one to one conversion. He, he beat me on points and everything else, and that unit would have been useful elsewhere. But um, you know we we're both feeling a little bit like yeah okay this is how it's gonna go, and um, <laughs> you know uh, I'd successfully pinned a lot of stuff with the Nebel and the mortar and all that kind of stuff. So for about two or three turns he had transports that just weren't activating and i i felt very confident getting a lot of troops down the middle um yep. none of the faust claimed to claim to kill um right yeah so and and most of them hit actually uh <laughs> so uh yeah we just got some like bad rolls on the damage table and that kind of stuff i, I shouldn't have made this bold claim about how yeah what, well no um yeah I've, I've been i've scaled back to just one faust per squad and right. i think think that's more the threat that it exists matters more than what it can what it actually does yeah, uh and and I think the way that I've seen the math broken down is is two is like a pretty decent chance you'll yeah. hit and kill. Three is the thing's dead. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, and for those units that can take four, it's like you're now in overkill territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's more so like three at one target. If yeah. you drop, if you're firing one, you're kind of relying on luck. If you're firing two, I think it's like a sixty-five yeah. percent chance on average you'll go right through it. Yeah. Um, if you've got three, I think it's like nearly a ninety percent chance so, or something. So, assuming all things being the thought process is five vet squads in total with a Faust each, typically yeah. going up against an opponent that may have a transport and one tank. Then I'm yep. pretty much Makes covered sense. across the board, and I don't, yep. you know, I've got redundancy everywhere. 
but when it's a list, any deployment mistakes in our maneuvers, yeah. Uh, and, but when you've got a list that's just all vehicles, <laughs> yeah. yes. seven, it can it can change. Actually, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we got quite close, and then um, it, we had we had multiple transports covering each other for the assaults and that kind of stuff and then like yeah. you know I'd, I'd wipe an Austrip and squad and then then a kugel kugel blitz is is just just mowing down the guys that are now not in cover yeah. and all that kind of stuff um so it was a very bloody game we both lost a hell of a lot of stuff uh, I right. think we were even on the kills, or maybe he got one over me on the kills. But like, just because I I had infantry everywhere, I was doing I was doing secondaries all over the place. And obviously, there's all the secondaries that are about killing us plus seven armor thing and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So yeah. I think that that That's pushed like 90% me over. Of his list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So without the secondaries, he would have won. I think. No, I think it was a. I think it was technically a draw based on the fact that you need to get two above i think he got one above and kills something like that um yeah and then yeah so I, just looking at it now uh it was actually nine kills to six in your yeah level, okay okay and 15 to 10 secondaries i think i think your secondary score was the single highest secondary score yeah. of the day yeah yeah i'm pretty the, sure the next, i claimed the everything of the day was uh tw 13 and that was actually the same round. So yeah, okay. you were head and shoulders above everybody in uh, getting secondaries. I think you yep. scored, like, I think 16 is the most you can score. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, so I'm yeah, sure. All, all 15 in one game. Not all of them intentionally. Mostly sure. just wanting to, 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 to nah, destroy as much as I can. But, um, yeah, the Kubel, it didn't. It didn't die. It, it it was on like four pins at one point. Um, those auto cannons did work. They they minced some squads towards the end. Um, and if right. we if we played for like another round or two, then I think it would have been really in his favour um, if if that ended up happening. But I think we even got to turn seven, and this one was really really quick because there wasn't too much actions that he could yeah, do. Sure. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, first time played Sean. Uh, very cool list. Definitely some minis I want to pick up. Um, that that was awesome. So yeah, that was the day for me. Yeah, um, it was it was a it was a great day overall. The top three spots. First one went to Matt Ed. Don't no real surprise to anybody here. I think on that one. Um, the second spot went to Ollie, which is mm -hmm. one of his. That's mates. awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. Ollie played very well. Very good player. Uh, third spot went to Kane. He actually leapfrog, leapfrog Mike right on that mm. last round. I think it's also um, it does. I, I was I was thinking about the math a little bit, but it actually doesn't really matter. It's just that the WoW TC is zero for losses. Um, okay. So it's it's three one zero rather than three two one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it actually it actually doesn't matter. Kind of won't matter. Because it's like plus one. If everybody's gaining plus ones on losses, it's yeah, the same okay. As everybody gaining plus zero on losses. Yep. Um, I think like the numbers are different, but it doesn't break uh, the pattern anyway. I think Kane uh, had a draw instead of a loss in one of his rounds, and that's what allowed him to to leapfrog Mike right at the end there. But even at the end of the day, that all being said, uh, if we went purely on countbacks, uh, Mike had. 55 victory points 31 secondaries whereas mm. matt in third place first place had 48 and 26 
So it, it really was, oh, wow. obviously, we had three wins versus two wins and a loss. Yep. Um, yeah. So so you win on wins. But looking at that, it's just like, wow, that's a, that's a pretty a big difference. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's it just goes to show um, uh, if you are at a tournament and you really are trying to win your best, if you have a game where you can win hard, it really makes the difference. Yeah. So let's say, for example, that that Matt and Mike didn't verse each other in round three. Let's say we had a bigger pool, and they and you had, you know, a group of players who all could have theoretically ended up on three wins if your player yeah. pool is big enough on a three three game day. Then it really would have actually gone to Mike, for example, yeah. if we just had a couple more players. Yeah, uh, maybe not a couple, but I think I forget the exact number that you need, but it becomes pretty substantial to get uh, four people on route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's a pretty interesting like thing to look at something like this where it's not just obviously it is about winning, uh, getting mm -hmm. your three wins or or your five wins or whatever it is across the game bit that's important. But also, if you have an opportunity to win big, you really have to seize it. It's the way mm -hmm. that you end up at the top of the ladder. Yeah, so, and and also, yeah, go ahead. I was I was going to say I, I do think that is the the takeaway when when wanting to step into these sort of competitive formats yeah. is that it's about minimizing the points that you can lose and it's about yeah. maximizing the points that you can gain. Obviously, yeah. the precursor is you need to win the games typically. Mm -hmm. sure. um, yeah. There are some outliers that, that maybe, you know, you can get through with a certain amount of draws, but the reality is you want to be winning your games and you want to be maximizing the points that you can. And that's where previous episodes of this podcast where we talk about, you know, where can you minimize your losses, um, you know, for units had, you know, keeping them safe, when do I move something out of the way, yeah. all those this is the sort of format where those are very critical decisions that you need to make. And also, like some decisions that go into list building, and I, and I remember yeah. talking to Mike about this Mike was like, the list that I built smashes key positions and it smashes sectors you've got mm -hmm. high order dice, you've got high mobility you have kill potential in a few key units in the right places at the right time. Obviously, his whole list can kill, but some are, yeah. are more killy than others. But he's like, when it comes to meeting engagement, I'm pretty much trading yep. um, for most of it. Um, and that's more or less what happened. I think the, the meeting engagement, believe it or not, that top table, uh, adding primary and secondary together, they both scored 20 points. Mm. But, of course, we do the primaries first, and Matt sneaked out on 12 and Mike yep. is in on 9 yep. it was just that oh. was just the one point different had, had he closed that gap had either one yeah. of them closed that gap and made it an 11-10 game That's either true. way it actually would have gone to Mike it, wow um, yeah it, it was very very <laughs> close um, so yeah it's nice to see that people can compete with Matt now because for a while yep. he seemed uh he seemed to be top dog, and nobody could really compete at his level. But hey, nice to see that's changing, and one of our own homegrown as well. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, Fan fantastic effort to everybody on the day. I've, I've I've said my piece on that front, but I think it was just really interesting. Definitely going to be forwarding these results on to uh, Russell, Russell Wright, yep. and mm -hmm. I think uh, and Bo's in that chat as well. So Jacob oh, will make sure to mention that you get that we name drop Bo, and that you've got a studying. <laughs> Student of his, uh, and, and those who don't know Bo Mortensen's uh, Bolt Action Tutorials on YouTube, is basically not just basic training and initial military employment training, but also the school of Bolt Action, as far mm -hmm. as I'm concerned. 100%. Yeah. It's, it's all, all very, very solid. 
very yeah. solid. And and I don't want people to think that it's only for for newbies. Every time I sit down and watch one of his videos, I'm just like, no, you're right. That that is how you do that. Um, yep. Particularly the the recent one that stuck with me was the assault one that he did and how that was. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a lot of like rules is written stuff in there that you just go like yeah. it shouldn't work that way but it does so mm-hmm. that's the game that we play so yeah don't don't think just because you're not new to bolt action that you don't need to study bob Wattons' videos mm-hmm. yeah just a shameless plug there uh, we're not yep. getting paid by him but we probably should be <laughs> um yeah that that's that's it for me do you guys have anything else to round out the show look i think the um this was a very uh, and 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 the building to I guess this sort of format, um, it it's very encouraging to see, as you say, that we've got players coming up the ranks that are that are yeah. willing to push and try, and those those differences that we see, like whilst we end up with, if we just look at names on a ladder, it might look like the top portion is is sort of was staying the same for a little bit, but yeah. it's actually not, and it's actually a lot closer than what we thought it might have actually been. Yeah, um, that's that's very good to see. Um, and then you know the other, the other thing is um, you know even the growth of how the formats are working. Um, and we won't always do competitive formats. We'll do all sorts no. of different things. Um, you know, but it's like but the, the moving forward is like to see our competitive set of um, the parameters call them on how that's operating. Um, they're becoming a little bit matured in how we want to do those and what's working and what isn't. Um, yeah, I, that's that's exciting for Perth. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks for another episode of H and G. Uh, you'll probably catch us next time talking about the next event uh, that we just did. Uh, yep. That was hosted by Dan. Um, so that was Dueling Aces, which is a doubles event. We've ran it once before. So if you're interested in hearing more about Bolt Action event chat with the hmg crew do catch us in the next episode uh yep. thanks for tuning in i'm jacob we got gochi goodbye hey bye whatever and dan thanks for Thank tuning you. in uh we'll we'll see you next time thanks everyone thanks everyone <laughs>